That's great. Hasn't Vicky got a nice reading voice? It's really, really soothing. You want to be able to borrow her to bring around to your house for your kids so they can, uh, she can read a story to them and then uh, they, can, uh, they can go to sleep to that. My name's Sai, everyone. It's great to be bringing God's Word to you this morning. So the problem of seeing yourself on the screen uh, like that in that video and things is you suddenly realise... My gosh, I'm, I'm not aging well, am I? <laughs> I'm increasingly looking, looking more and more like my granddad, which is, uh, which is worrying. But uh, uh, anyway, anyway, at least I married Anna Young, so there's no way of uh, escaping me now. So <laughs> It's great to speak to you this Easter Sunday morning. I hope you've had a lovely morning so far. I hope you have a great day going forward. At Easter, we celebrate all that God has done for us through Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead three days later. On the cross, Jesus defeated sin, he defeated Satan, and he defeated death itself. And then he rose again victorious over them all. His resurrection, a sign that God not only had accepted his sacrifice on our behalf, but also as a sign for all of us who have put our faith in him, or for all of you who who put your faith in him, that you will rise too to have eternal life forever and ever in the age to come. So what a week it's been so far. What a great week. What What a year. This year, this last year, has been a year like no other in living memory, where because of an unseen virus, people's movements, people's restrictions, uh, people's uh, uh, freedoms have been restricted. They've been curbed. Things that we took for granted, things that we didn't even consider things, we could no longer do. For a season, we couldn't even leave our house, but only for once a day for exercise. You can't, couldn't have people over our house. Yes, hooray, we can now have a few people over. You know, they're saying an Englishman's home is his castle. Well, that may be true, but it's a castle whom, which we can uh, invite who we like into that castle. Not this year. We've not been allowed to do it. All because of this, the reality of an unseen evil that has been spreading around, causing sickness and death across not just the UK, but the whole world, sadly. It's been taking loved ones from us, changing social norms, how we interact with each other. You're all there, most of you are wearing masks and and that that sort of thing. Uh, It's become normal now, two metres apart from members of another household. These These are all changes that have happened, thankfully, there seems to be a road map out which we are working our way along. Suddenly we can have six other adults or a group of six of us can meet in the garden or out somewhere to uh, uh, have a, some fun together, not just for exercise. Wow, it seems amazing, doesn't it? It's like, ooh, great, we can do that. A year and a half ago, if I was to say to you, uh, I'm sorry guys, you can't have anyone come over your house. And uh, actually when you go out, you can only have six, you can only meet up with up to six People, you'd be like, yeah, right, jog on, Sai. But not now. 
It, now it feels liberating, doesn't it? It feels like, oh, we've got new freedom that we can, we, can, we can see. So have some friends over and eat outside. All because of this unseen virus. And in truth, for some people, the fear of this virus has enslaved them more than it need do. The fear of getting it, or the fear of death, or the fear of a loved one getting it and dying. As we lift out of this pandemic in the UK, in terms of the legal restrictions, and for some, hopefully, some of those fears that you have, I want you to remember that this COVID-19 virus is only here, the Bible tells us, because of another virus that existed before it and is prevalent right across the world. The virus of sin, our disobedience, our rebellion, our ignoring, willingly ignoring God and his ways. It's not a physical virus like COVID-19 is, but it's a spiritual one that separates us from God. It placed this world under his curse and into the hands of the devil. And that's what's caused sickness, disease, death and suffering to come into the world. That's why the world's in the mess that it is, because actually it's not just out there, it's in here, in our hearts. All of us uh, contribute to the mess, some to greater degrees, other to le a lesser degree. But all of us, the Bible is clear, have dug a hole before God, which we cannot get out by ourselves. We may be pretty good compared to other people in the room here. You know, if you compare your life to me, you're probably much, much better. But not before a holy God who is perfect, holy and true. And this unseen evil that separates us from God is separated us from him our whole lives. We've never known anything different. The Bible says we're naturally... You know, we look at a little child and they're so lovely. And they are so lovely. I, I love kids. Uh, if those of you know me, you know I'm sort of soppy over kids. But actually, they're naturally born ostracized from God, the Almighty. We're born, the Bible tells us, objects of his wrath because of this sin within. It's no small thing to ignore our creator who gave us life. It's no small thing to go against his ways. It's no small thing to hurt other people, as we all have done, who he loves that person that you hurt with an everlasting love. For some people here, it's no small thing to hurt yourself, as is coming increasingly common in our culture, because God loves you. You don't actually have the right to do that, because God loves you and gave you your body. It's no small thing that we just abuse his creation and are ruin, ruining this world around us. Yet God, the Bible says, and this is what we celebrate Easter for, because of his great love for you and for me, he sent his son, Jesus, the only one to live that perfect life before God. With him, when the Father looked down from heaven on him, you could say, with him, I am well pleased. And then Jesus chose to die on a cross 
not quite not as nice as uh, that one, a lot, lot more rough and ready. And he died on it, not for fun, but to offer forgiveness so that all who come to him can be forgiven of all that they have done wrong. Jesus takes on himself the punishment that you and I deserve from God. And when we come to him in faith, we get given the free gift of his righteousness upon us. So that when God looks at your life, he no longer sees, you know, Simon Fry with all the things that I've done wrong and still do wrong occasionally. But he sees Jesus, his perfect son. And then he places his spirit inside of you, which changes you from the inside out. All of a sudden you want to live for God. You want to please God. You want to be different because God's spirit is changing you from the inside out. And as a sure sign that God accepted Christ's sacrifice on our behalf, he rose again victorious from the grave. And in fact, actually, the Bible tells us death had no hold on him. He couldn't stay dead because he himself committed no sin. So he rose again victorious. That's why we celebrate Easter, those three days that changed the world and our future forever. The Bible says Jesus is the life and in him is life. And all those who come to him can receive life and life in all its fullness, which leads on to eternal life. In fact, that eternal life, the Bible says, enters you the moment you believe in him because his spirit is a, is a sign, is a seal of that life in you. But you don't experience the full reality of it until Christ returns, wraps up history, makes this world perfect again. And we who have put our faith in him get to live forever on a renewed, perfected world where there is no sin, no pandemic, no sickness, no suffering, no death. And if you know Jesus, like those people who are being baptized this weekend uh, know Jesus, you know this. You know this to be true inside. But chances are, if you don't know Jesus this morning, you won't be thinking of, you think life, fullness of life. That's not something I associate really with, with Jesus or with the church. I think of more, more about things like rules and regulations and restrictions. In fact, we've had enough of them. Rather than the reality of a dynamic relationship with God through Jesus Christ that changes everything about you. Jesus says in John chapter 8 verses 31 to 36, if you abide in my word, by abide he means if you remain in, if you stay in, if you continue in, if you build your life on what Jesus says and what he tells us to do, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth. And that's not just, you know, academically know the truth. That's truth in your reality, truth in your thinking, truth in your understanding, in your emotions, in your way you relate to other people. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus says. And again, the root word of the word free that Jesus uses 
there means free from restraints, free from restrictions, i.e. you're no longer a slave. And the people respond to Jesus saying, they answered him, we're offsprings of Abraham. You can almost hear the, the next line, they don't say this, but you can always hear them saying, you cheeky blighter, who do you think you are? We're offsprings of Abraham. Have, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits a sin, which is all of us, daily, is well, in my case, daily, probably a lot more than daily, but as all of us sin, is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. And that's S-O-N, as in Jesus himself. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Jesus gives a glorious freedom like you've never experience before. You see, we're rejoicing in this nation, aren't we, at the moment, at our uh, limited freedom that we've suddenly got back. We can have others in our garden, and soon we might even be able to have others in our house, and soon there'll be no restrictions uh, at all. And the things that we've taken for granted will no longer take for granted, and we'll appreciate them all the more. My friends, this is on a social level due to covid but Christ is talking about a spiritual level between you and God. It's completely out of your, outside of your experience at the moment because we were born this way. And you, like the Jews in this passage, are probably in your heart responding the same way to what I'm saying. I think, what are you talking about? We're good people. We're all right, thank you. We've never felt enslaved to anyone. I'm free to do what I like, thank you very much. But Jesus makes it clear to his listeners and through them to us too. He says, oh yes, you have. You just don't realize it. In fact, you don't realize it until God, through his spirit, who is here this morning amongst us, starts to challenge us of these things that are in our life that are wrong before him. And he challenges us because he wants to set us free. Like a child born in a, an abusive home, they, they think that's normal until they see what a normal, loving home looks like. The Bible says we've all been abused by sin and enslaved to it without realizing it until God comes and challenges us. Jesus says, if you listen to me, you become my disciples and you will know the truth. And the truth that's not just out there, as I said, it comes into your heart and it changes who you are. It sets you free. You're truly free to know God as your heavenly father, the one who loves you. You experience his love for you, not just academically, but in your actual heart. He takes that guilt and shame from you, Jesus says. He takes it on himself and he clothes you in his righteousness. Have you ever had 
that uh, experience. You don't have to put your hand up here. Just know, because I'm telling it, it's happened to me. Where you've come out of the sea and you're all happy. And then you suddenly realize that your trunks have gone see-through. Like, ah, ah, oh, the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment of it. And then the relief when your wife hands you a towel to, to cover your, your shame. My friends, Christ does better than that. And don't worry, the, the trunks I've got on today to baptize people, they're not see-through. So, yeah. <laughs> They've been tried and tested. Uh, Christ does better than that, because he actually takes your guilt and shame on himself and clothes you in his righteousness. He covers you with what his good works. And so when God looks at you, the logo on your life is Jesus Christ. And it's the most expensive brand you can ever have because it's not just a branding. It's a passport into the glorious future age to come. And it costs the death of God's son. Those getting baptized today, they've realized this and they've surrendered their life to Jesus and said, yes, I want to live for you. I need your forgiveness in my life. And they've received it, complete forgiveness. And they've started to live for him. And just as Jesus died on the cross and was buried so in baptism, it's a sign of what they've already done in their hearts. Of They've died to their old way of life. And then just as Jesus was raised three days later, we too will raise them out of the water. Not three days later, but just moments later. Otherwise, uh, the police will, will be here and we'll be investigating and all that sort of thing. But uh, we'll raise them moments later as a sign that they are now living for God. There's nothing special about that water. I can tell you it's a lot warmer than uh, you had yesterday though, Glenn. <laughs> 30 degrees apparently. So there you go. Very nice. Um, but it is a sign of what God has done in terms of washing away their sin. But it's more than just symbolic because actually Jesus commands us to believe and be baptized. So it's an act of obedience. Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Or if I was to rephrase verse 31 in, in John chapter 8, he could say, if you're truly my disciples, you will abide in my word. And of course, Jesus' word is believe and be baptized. And you'll know the freedom that that brings, living for him. Baptism is a physical act reflecting a spiritual reality that has happened in people's lives and a sign that we belong to him and that we've been washed clean by Jesus. If you don't know him today and you want to experience that glorious freedom that I'm talking about on the inside, the removing of the guilt and the shame that can be eating up you on the inside, if you want to know that fullness of life, that I've been speaking about, that certain hope of life eternal that Christ brings. If you want to start truly living for the one who made you, whose plans for your life are actually much better than you could ever plan yourself. They'll be harder, most certainly, but they'll be more fulfilling and more rewarding as you live for him. And if you want that, then 
As God knows what you're thinking, just pray this in your heart along with me. Father God, thank you that you loved me enough to send Jesus to die on the cross to set me free. Please forgive me of all that I've done wrong that offends you. And through the power of your spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, help me to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just seal in people's hearts what they have prayed. Lord, reveal yourself to them. Show them your great love for them. Overwhelm them with your love for them, I pray. Lord God, and lead them in the way everlasting. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, on the uh, way out, you can uh, grab these. They're just on the, uh, uh, over there, on the tables over there. Grab a, one of those booklets. We'll just help explain what you've prayed and uh, what you have done further there. And if you're watching online and you prayed that, then just contact the office. We'd love to um, let you, we'd love to send you some stuff as well to help you in your walk with God. Now, for those of us who know Christ here, which is actually most of us in the room, can I just encourage you to never tire of hearing that glorious message that set you free, that enabled you to know God as your heavenly Father and to share that message with your friends and your family because it's the power of God unto salvation, the Bible tells us. Pray for you also that you know the Holy Spirit in you, helping you live and abide in Jesus' words, doing all that he's asked of you to do, walking in that true freedom that Christ brings you. He brings you freedom. He brings you joy. He brings you peace. He brings you goodness. He brings you life, life eternal. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. I thank you that you are our, our healer, Lord God. I thank you that you're our provider. I thank you that you're our saviour. I thank you, you're, you're the one, Lord God, who has redeemed us, Lord God. You set us free, Lord God. You, the one who gives us a purpose, Lord God, a, a, a life full of eternal meaning, Lord God. Father, thank you that you save us, Lord God, and want to use us in your eternal purposes, Lord God. Actually, none of us are insignificant, Lord God. Thank you from the youngest to the oldest, Lord God. They're loved by you, and Lord God, you have a plan and a purpose for their life, Lord God. And so, Lord, I pray that they would know that and that they would walk in it, Lord God, and you would help us through the power of your Spirit to do all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.